I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Right. Welcome to the 1865 match report. The day after yet another Forest away defeat uh, as we lost uh, 2-1 to Brentford. Um, That kind of means that no matter what happens tomorrow night, I think we're in the relegation zone because Everton play Leicester tomorrow. Um, but there were a couple of positives um, as we lined up in yet another um, sort of 5-3-2 kind of formation. Um, before the game, obviously, we knew that Nico Williams would be out after fracturing his jaw against Brighton, but there were doubts about Awanyi and Niakate, but both of them stayed in the lineup. So we only had one change with Joe Worrell coming in for the injured Williams. So that had... Uh, Lottie and Aurier at wing-back. Uh, Niakate, Felipe and Worrell in the middle. Mangala and Danilo um, as midfielders with Awanyi, Gibbs-White and Johnson up front. And uh, Forrest continued their plan, their game plan of um, spending the first half nullifying the opponents basically as not very much happened um we just spent the entire time stopping them playing um, we had a couple of attacks down the right with Aurier in particular um breaking but failing to find anything and Bumo had a shot and Pinnock forced a double save off Navas at one point but that was about it until right towards the end of the the first half where there was a near Carte long throw, which is becoming one of our most uh, effective weapons. It fell to Morgan Gibbs-White, but his shot was deflected, finding Danilo on his 22nd birthday. Uh, so he managed to score. And we went in at half, from going from conceding at half time in most of our games to that's now two in a row where we've scored just before half time, which is a nice turnaround. In the second half, um, no changes at half time, but not long into the second half, a one year got replaced. Um, apparently, he had a load of heavy strapping. I didn't see it, but a load of heavy strapping on his shoulder after his awkward fall on on Wednesday night. So he was replaced by Andre Ayew. 
um, Johan Wissa and um, Josh De Silva came on for Brentford. And then Jono comes off for Czech Kiate. Brentford then made all the rest of their subs. Um, and the uh, the main thing of note was um, Ben Mee doing an overhead kick that went over. Finally, uh, there was the welcome return of Ryan Yates uh, for the last 10 minutes, replacing Oral Mangala. Um, but then Kiate gives away a free kick uh, not long after. Tony lines up uh, with that determined look in his face. His shot goes through the wall, and we'll talk about that later. Navas gets down to save it, but spills it onto the post, and it goes in. There was another save from Navas coming in. Then Danilo breaks, ends up pretty much on his own in the penalty area, but as he goes to shoot, he pulls up and has to come off what looks like another hamstring injury. And then finally, in injury time, Josh De Silva beats Renan Lodi and shoots. It gets past Navas again, and that puts the game out of our hands. So I'm joined by um, Tom Newton, who has a few stories to tell about uh, Brentford. Um, I've never been there, apart from maybe I think I went drove through it once a very, very long time ago, but that's about it. So um, all I really know about Brentford is Corrupt FM. So what was the ground like? What was the atmosphere like? Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> as, moder- as modern uh, grounds go, it's probably the worst ground I've ever been to. It's <laughs> like the, the stadium looks half arsed. Like, is that meant to be continuous all the way around? Because if you go to somewhere like Bristol, they've like continued it all the way around with that huge main stand. But they've like got the main stand, it drops down, then it goes back up again. And yeah, it just be- looks a bit half arsed as a, as a new stadium. The, I was right on the segregation. And all my years of going to Forest Away, you wanted like a bit of banter. We got nothing. Absolutely zilch. They didn't stand up. They didn't cheer. They didn't chant. No singing. Absolutely nothing. And the only time they did stand up was uh, for half time pee and when uh, Brentford scored the two goals. <laughs> but on a more serious note, um, the stewarding at Brentford yesterday was the worst stewarding I've ever seen in my 20-odd years of going to away matches. Um, a lot has been said on um, Twitter, and I presume there's going to be some kind of ongoing investigation from uh, Forest's uh, liaison, um, supporter officer, who goes to all the away games, because I spoke to him yesterday, and I stood in particular, which if you went yesterday, his number has cropped up many times, and his professionalism yesterday was absolutely out of order uh he was like um, kicking and pushing people out the exit doors um he was um saying um unpleasant um uh comments to the fans and it just like it was just an absolutely unprofessional they're meant to be helping you and he just instigated many of the problems um what happened yesterday and it's say it's telling everybody isn't it when hardly any forest fans got arrested yesterday but then a Brentford still gets taken away by the Met Police and that tells you everything of the um, operation yesterday at Brentford's uh, stadium. So, uh, yeah, that's quite something, isn't it? So, um, yeah, 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 it is. yeah, they're supposed to be here to help us out, aren't they? So, so um, apart from that, uh, you said there was, there was no atmosphere. Certainly from what I could hear, it was all Forest fans until Tony scored. 
yeah, um, I don't know if if the Premier League has sanitised um, Brentford fans, but when I've been to Griffin Park and the atmosphere was like pretty decent. But yeah, there was. I just got the sense that a lot of the people on the segregation who were Brentford fans are either day trippers mm. or um, they've just started going to Premier League matches to watch Brentford because, like I said, absolutely nothing. It was not, you know, we didn't even get any swearing or anything. I'm, I'm not like, you know, if there's families there, I'm not condoning that, but absolutely nothing. Yeah. And it's like, well, what are you here for anyway? You're here because it's like, they didn't really, even if there was a bad refereeing decision or something like that, absolutely nothing. And was there like us, a pocket of their fans, like like the, I don't know, like the, the like a block for us or something that was making noise? No, no. 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 I looked around the ground. I was like, well, where's their singing section? Yeah. And uh, I think the the most volatile supporters was actually on the um, on the stand on the far side. Well, you've got opposite the main stand where the players come out. Um, some of their fans were like uh, getting up and um, and actually. Um, um, gesturing towards the referee regarding any bad decisions, but that was it. There was there was nothing, and I sincerely hope the city ground doesn't become sanitised by the Premier League if we do stay up because it's just a really awful atmosphere if that happens. And um, like I said, I was a bit disappointed with Brentford yesterday because, like I said, I've been to the Griffin Park um, and I thought it was like a real community spirited. Everybody's in it together, and yeah, yesterday just hardly nothing from. The Brentford fans. So, how are things with us? Because you've you've um, said a few things in in the recent reports about the, the atmosphere in the, amongst the away fans at Forest. Um, well, the last uh, few games I've been to, so I went to Anfield last week in Brentford. Um, yeah, the, the atmosphere from Forest was brilliant. Non-stop singing yesterday. Um, I don't know what it is um, in terms of because in the games gone past, it's been a bit of toxic and a bit. Like you only get certain pockets of fans singing, um, but uh, yesterday everybody was in it together, and um, we tried to uh, sing all the way through and support the lads um, on the field. Brilliant! That's that's good to know. Um, I, I, as yeah, as I said the other day, the, the the atmosphere on Wednesday as well was as good as I've ever heard it. So in the second half, so it, it hopefully something's picking up on that front, but. Um, but well, we can't really complain about how how we've been all season. I think we've been amazing considering what we've been going through. Yeah, exactly. And we are becoming well throughout the whole season. We have been the twelfth man, and even some players have alluded to it that the fans have been getting them over the line, especially at home matches. So uh, hopefully that will continue in the uh, last few games of the season. Right. So on to the match itself. Um, I really struggled to find things to write about the about boom when I was putting my notes together to write to write about the first half. Um, we it, it, it was a uh, uh, we we just went out of our way to nullify them and stop them playing really, and it yeah, pretty, pretty much really like I was thought fives were quite comfortable without seeing too much of the ball, which we've uh, come to get used to this season. Uh, especially away from home, like kept him at harm's length. There was a chance where Navas has made that really good save uh, in the first half, and we've had a couple of openings. But apart from that, I thought, yeah, pretty comfortable with um, with how things were going. Then we um, went ahead on the stroke of half time. There was a, like a bit of a ricochet from a Morgan Gibbs White shot, and Danilo's really finished it off. And he's becoming like a a massive asset for us in the midfield with his um, energy, etc. He's still got. A, 
got to polish up certain things of his game, which obviously will come, but he's starting to like blossom into a really important player for us and took his uh, goal really well. Yeah. yeah. It was a good finish and all, yeah, so to, to to get caught like that and then and then respond. What One of the things I like is um, I can remember when we signed him, I was reading up like on what he was supposed to be all about. So obviously he was Brazil's young player of the year last year. And they, they had him down as a defensive midfielder, but he's he's got this energy and this break and this way of breaking forwards that he seems to be adding to his game now, which is really good to see. Yes, I can't remember the last time we had like a box-to-box um, midfielder, so he can do a bit of everything and he's only going to get better. And because um, we've got him on this six-year contract, I hope to see him in the next few years in a forest shirt and really make that midfield spot his own. Uh, was there anything else of note from us in attacking sense in the first half? A um, couple of openings. I think, um, yeah, one aid, he started okay, but then he, he just started struggling a bit. And whether, like you've alluded to with his shoulder, whether that was becoming an issue for him. Um, Morgan Gibbs-White had gotten a couple of decent um, opportunities. and um, but, uh, but yeah, I think um, on the whole, Boris did look positive going forward without too many openings. I think they nullified his uh, just as well as we as we nullified them in the um, in the first half. But they had more of the ball, um, etc. Then, thankfully, at the time uh, we uh, went ahead with that Danilo goal. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, whoever's come up with that chant for him, <laughs> no, it's brilliant, it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so uh, long way that continue. Yeah. So uh, second half. Um, was probably a bit more Brentford. Um, but the the key things from my point of view to, to note are our substitutions. Um, I want to come back to some of the reactions that I've seen about those substitutions later on. But um, a one year comes off for IU. That was quite early on, 55 minutes, I think. Um, and as I say, I think that's that's down to the, the injury. Then Kiate comes on for John O. And then finally, Yates comes on for Mangala. So that's uh, three substitutions in three separate, whatever they're called, phases or whatever. Uh, yeah, the IU one, you might disagree whether I use the right person to bring on, but I can see why you choose him over someone else like Surridge or whatever, given that there was that much of the match to go. Uh, Kiate for Jono, was that protecting Jono, do you reckon? Um, yeah, he was pretty quiet yesterday, um, Johnson was. And... I think it was just another body in midfield of a defensive uh, nature just to try and keep Brentford at arm's length and just like shield the back five or whatever it was. But uh, yeah, because Keate come on against uh, Brighton and he looked really, um, really good. But uh, yesterday, yeah, he just didn't get into the game. Then he was the one who gave away the the free kick uh, for yep. their equaliser. And then um, Yates coming on for Mangala. How, how did Mangala do? It looks all right. He's getting, he's making that um, position his own. Um, but yeah, he's sometimes he's when he gets spoiled, he does the right things. Then that's all undone with a wrong decision. Mm. Um, you see, so um, so yeah, he just needs to um, get. Um, he just needs to like polish up his uh, when he's got the ball because, like I said, he is guilty of giving the ball away. Yeah. Uh, how did Yates do for the the whatever ten minutes he was there? Um, 
it was great that we saw him on the field, but he didn't really do a lot, uh, yeah. to be honest. That he tried, but yeah, he just couldn't get into the game. Just getting minutes under his belt, I suppose, then. Yes, pretty much. So, um, yeah, so Kiati, as you said, he didn't really get into the game. Um, he gave away the free kick. From watching the highlights, it's pretty clear that he also moved away in the wall. And that's kind of where Tony got his shot through. Um, yeah, I said to my mate, um, who obviously was at the game yesterday, and I said, Navas has left an absolute greater on his left-hand side. It was a bit like he's left so much of a gap. You know when Beckham scored that free kick against Colombia in the 98 World Cup yeah. and Mondragon left him an absolute huge space to aim into? That's what it was like. And I'm like, he's left too much. Then, But then the wall was covering that side and you think, well, then he, get, he gets through the wall and it's like, Navas has basically palmed it into his gosh. Even though they've had a lot of the ball, Brentford have done absolutely nothing. They, we've kept them at arm's length and you're thinking we just create our own problems again a needless free kick to give away um, the wall is half fast to actually stop the ball coming through and it comes through and Navas has palmed it into his now, I think it, at, the, at one moment yesterday it did go down as a Navas own goal but I think Tony's been given the um, yeah. yeah Tony's been given the goal but yeah it's just I understand that Players don't want to put their arms in front of them because of um, bar and a potential handball, uh, giving away a penalty or whatever. But you've got to do a lot better than that. Yeah. He hasn't. He hasn't absolutely. He's, he's not like a real venomous free kick, is it? He's just. He's just hitting. It's just gone through. It's just like just stand up. It and prepare to be uh, hit. Is it? You know what I mean? It's that. No, then you think I'll oh, just hang on for a. Uh, a point here and then Danilo goes down with I think it looks like a hamstring injury he tries to come back on he goes off we're down to 10 men and a lot of criticism went towards Steve Cooper yesterday with his substitutions and I can see where the criticism's coming from we don't see a lot of the ball Mm. But when we get when we it's been times this season where we scored a goal and we've stopped doing the right things what we was doing prior to the goal and we go back into a shell and you cannot defend for like fifty two minutes because obviously with the seven minutes of stoppage time sitting on a one goal lead when you've got eighteen percent possession or whatever it was you just can't do it and then players are getting knackered players are going off injured you make substitutions. And I just thought we've got to hang on here, but Brentford just kept forcing it and forcing it and forcing it, and then they were on the right hand side, our left hand side. Loddy is let. I think it was Wissy coming on um, too easily. You got to show him the line, and he's let him cut inside. He's hit a shot. It's and then you've got. I think Tony was in front of. <laughs> It's like Cluffy's one that says, if you're not interfering with play, what are you doing on a football mm-hmm. pitch? And he, he is in the goalkeeper's line. There's no two ways about that. But then Brentford have had lucky Brentford. Let, let's all fit bits away from Brentford. Going. They've been on the receiving end of some VAR calls 
in terms of it's gone into their favour. And yet again, and when it come on VAR, I thought they're going to get this. They're going mm. to get this. Whatever way you're going to look at, they are going to get this. We was on the angle, you see, so we couldn't. We wasn't directly in line of the um, the def, uh, defensive line. But you look back on it, and he is offside. But obviously, he doesn't touch the ball. But it's, isn't it, Navas is? He's got to be in Navas's line. There's no two ways about it. And as soon as yeah, as soon as VAR was looking at it, I thought this is going to be given. And, but then the key thing, was Lottie was like half a second behind, and that, he's been so good recently. But Lottie was half a second behind. Um, was it De Silva? I think any, any whoever it was. Um, yeah, yeah. It, they, they shouldn't have had that chance anyway. He should have. Yeah. They, they 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 got through for for no real reason. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's just frustrating that we. It works sometimes at home. You know, like against Palace and Leeds, etc. And you've got the home crowd behind you. But you're going to these away grounds and you're trying to stick up, stay on there like a one nil lead, and we we just can't do it. Can't do it. And I mean, a point would have been massive for you yesterday, and obviously the um, three points would have been yeah, a huge. But no, it's just our defensive frailties, mistakes, and they've come away with. They probably look back on it and a fortuitous. In, I know they had all the ball and all of that, but Davos wasn't peppered yesterday. And they've had those shots at the uh, towards the end of the game and to come away with a 2-1 um, victory. And it's just, yeah, just so frustrating. And like you've said at the, at the start of the um, match report that we're going to be in the relegation zone now because of what's going to be happening in the um, game against Leicester and Everton tomorrow. And Bournemouth play Leeds today so which it'd be nice for a Bournemouth win but you know we just create our own problems and it's uh, so frustrating and like I said the, the game management has been relatively poor um, you've you got to do a lot better away from home and it's not like we've just come into the Premier League in terms of we've only had a couple of matches away from home we've had lots of matches and we keep making the same mistake and I just sincerely hope that there's three worst teams as was this season. But yeah, yesterday a point would have been massive. And then you go into that Southampton game on back of a positive result against Brentford and it wasn't to be. Mm-hmm. So um, we're joined by uh, Billy from the Besotted um, Brentford podcast. Uh, uh, this is what he had to say about the game. Hi, Forest fans. This is Billy from the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. You'll catch us on uh, prideofwest.london. We've done a post-match podcast where we speak to both Brentford fans and Forest fans after that quite, quite, quite mad game, actually. And uh, obviously, I'm sort of sitting here feeling um, probably a lot better now than I was doing at halftime and definitely halfway through that second half. Um, it was a bit of a strange game. Uh, we knew it's going to be a tough game today because uh, Forest have always proved to be tough opponents for Brentford, uh, and we've you know we we come off the back of a great victory again. I mean, we had a great laugh on Wednesday night against Chelsea. We beat Chelsea two nil at their place as well, and we knew that we're going to have to come off the back of that, and we're going to have to kind of um, pull another one out of the bag really because we knew that Forest are fighting for their lives. I put a little kind of dilemma with Laney, who does the podcast with me as well, and I put a little dilemma to him, and I said. If on Saturday we were playing Forest and you, you can guarantee that if we had lost to Forest, that Leeds would get relegated, 
would you uh, would you take that result? And Lenny said, yes, I would do, because there's a very strange thing going on with uh, Brentford and Leeds. The disrespect they've sent us, so showed us over the years, like literally, and we could have put them down last game of the season last season. We didn't do it. And that has really kind of sort of kind of hurt <laughs> a lot of these fans. And we basically just want to see them got rid of. So it's almost like Brentford fans would have taken a loss today if it could have guaranteed Leeds going down. Um, so, but anyway, it was a game where... Again, I think the I think the difference maybe between the two teams is that we've been in this division for a year, and I'm I'm saying this as, as again out of all due respect because I've got a lot of Forest mates. I love going up to Forest. I actually don't want Forest to go down. What I will say is that I believe that, and 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 I'm saying this that I believe that it's it's. It's not necessarily about wins. It's just about grounding out results in this league. And we saw it last season. Getting you a draw here, getting you a draw there, you know. Getting basically get a result in places that you don't expect to get results. You got a wicked result against Brighton, right, which you didn't, you know, you probably didn't expect. I mean, Brighton are the best team we play this season by far. They're better than, they're better than you know, um, Man United, we beat 4-0. They're better than Arsenal as well. They were the best team that we beat, you know, that we played. And we got a draw at their place. And to be fair, we kind of just, we, 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 we just, I don't know how we got a draw there, to be honest with you. But we got a draw. Great team. So you've got a wicked result from them. You need to, all you need is to get one or two results which go against the grain and that just completely changes everything. So, and that's speaking from experience as a Brentford fan last season. I never believed that we were going to go down last season. A lot of Brentford fans thought that we would do. We went two months without winning a game. We lost every single game pretty much for two months. And then boom, we got a couple of results in a row, Norwich and Burnley in a row, and then after that we were gone, and then we beat Chelsea 4-1, and it's just different. So what I'm going to say to you as Forest fans is I don't know whether or not you're going to survive or not because you need to have the, the nous and, the, and, 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 the, and the, 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 the feeling within your team that you can do it. You're not scoring enough goals, you know, and you need to score enough goals. I know you talk about not scoring goals away from home as well, you know, and not winning away from home. Listen, all these things in the pot, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because, you know, last five, six games of the season, you might just pull something out of the bag, but you need to pull something out of the bag really quickly. And I do hope that you're back next season because I want to go down to Forest. We got a result today. We scored a last-minute goal. Thank God for Ivan Tony because he's just a great player and and he's learned how to pull things out of the bag. We got the result today, but it's not all over for Forrest. All I'm going to say to you is good luck for the rest of the season and uh, fingers crossed, if everything goes all right, we'll see you back in the Globe, which is the pub that we drink in next season. The 1865 Match Report. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Thanks, Billy. Um, just as an aside then, um, when we played Man United at home the first game for the last 20 minutes or so, the Man U fans were singing, uh, we all hate Leeds scum. And where I sit, loads of people around me were like, what are they singing? Oh, yeah, they've got a point there. Obviously, uh, Brentford uh, feel the same then. Um, but as far as it goes, yeah, like um, Leeds look like they're 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 falling apart again a bit. 
after a little bit of a new manager bounce. But we keep, as you say, we keep having these same mistakes. We don't have the nows to grind out results away from home. We've got these defensive frailties. We keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And I don't know what the answer is because Kiati, you'd think he's he's an experienced Premier League player. He knows what to do and he just wasn't in it today. Yeah, just a needless free kick. I mean, he, was, he wasn't really going anywhere to a point. And there was other players around to mop up, and yeah, he's just he's done that thing where you, you've touched him, but you're making out to the referee you've never touched him. And but the free kick was quite far out. You think it's going to be a good hit, but then when the walls are passed, and then you got Navas, which right with Navas, people have been a bit criticised or criticising him with his the goal what he gave um, away against Leeds, the one of Brent, uh, Brighton in midweek, and. But my, my take on it is that he's been playing for Real Madrid, the Harlem Globetrotters of world yes. football, the, the win, actually the win everything near enough for every single season. When you've got players like Modric, Casemiro, um, Tony Cruz, and then Varane um, Ramos in front of you, you're not going to be tested as much because of those world-class players in front of you. Um, Real Madrid, nine times out of ten, are going to dominate the football match in terms of possession. So, Navas will only have to make a couple of saves of any note during the and, game. And if you punch it away, you know that your defenders are going to be there to clear it. Yeah, exactly. Then he goes to PSG where... Oh, I'm not going to say no disrespect, but the French League, with it's a farmer's league. Um, Leon are not the team there once was. Uh, Marseille might have a couple of decent... Um, matches over the, the bigger teams in France but PSG are just going to dominate that league with all their um, players they've got so he's not going to see much of the ball in that in terms of making saves for PSG but then he's come to Forest where we only get in probably a maximum of 26% possession and he's got to basically he's got to be on it for 90 minutes and that ball's going to come back to him more times than what his experience at the previous two clubs has been at. And he makes a couple of decent saves, then he just gets overworked. And I'm I'm not say I'm not like condoning the um, the saves or the non saves he made against like Leeds, Brighton and the game yesterday, but you expect him to do a hell of a lot. So it's that fine balance is make some decent saves, then he's gonna let an easy goal in and it's just mm. like I just don't think he's that used to being overworked as much as he has. Yeah. And he's not a young he's not a young keeper, is he? He's what, thirty six, thirty seven now? And um yeah, I just uh, think he's just being absolutely tested and it's highlighted that the ball keeps going back to him more times than he's ever experienced in the last ten years. The the way he saves as well, that like his reactions and his athleticism to to get to the save. Yeah. And he's not the biggest find yeah. himself to, to to punch it away because yeah. Yeah, he's not the biggest goalkeeper, in, yeah. is he? So he's so anything in the corners, he has to palm it away. And um, he had he made a really good save in the second half, where it took a deflection, and he's wrong footing and gone the other way. So he is an athletic, quick goalkeeper, but yeah, he's just got this tendency of palming everything out, mm. and it's caused him quite a few problems in uh, recent times. So, but like I said, I'm I'm still in awe of him to have. A player like him between the sticks who's won more Champions League than we 
<laughs> we have, yeah. and uh, and most of the clubs in the Premier League, for that matter. Um, yeah, I think I still think he's a class goalkeeper, but I just think he's been overworked, and and that's because we don't keep the ball. Uh, so, like I say, he's been tested a lot more than he has been tested in the last uh, few years. Uh, so the other thing I wanted to just uh, touch on was uh, the the as, and you've mentioned it already actually is um, the reaction to Steve Cooper's style of play. Now I would say that in my experience, the vast majority of fans are very very much behind Steve Cooper, but away from home we keep making well we keep making the same mistakes. Full stop. Defensively, we're just not good enough for the Premier League at the moment. Um, and it's it's not down to it's not down to how we play or whatever. It's just those mistakes keep coming in. It's it's like making a mistake and then getting punished for it. Make another mistake, get punished for it. Yeah, um, I'd say ninety five percent of the fans are behind Steve Cooper, and we're forever grateful for what is brought to his football club in terms of the day at Wembley, the cup room last season, promotion via the playoffs and being in the Premier League this season. Um, but he's he just got this tendency. I can see why he brought AU on. He's got more experience and he can keep the ball a bit better than, let's say, Sam uh, Surridge. But yeah, I is not really doing it for us. Mm. Uh, he hasn't scored yet, has he? And I just think it, whether it's a Steve Cooper thing or it's a player mentality thing, but the men, the game management away from home in many games I've been to this season is it's not great. We whether the player well we've mentioned about the players being fragile soon as they leave an NG postcode. Yeah, but they've got to do a lot better. Like you, you can't like I said, you cannot have 52 minutes in the second half because obviously the seven minutes of stoppage time to hang on a one on goal lead. We just seem to pack up doing the right things. Like against Leeds a few weeks ago, it was really good for that 15, 20 minute spell. Doing the right things, getting on the front foot. We got the goal through Mangala. We stopped playing. Yesterday, we didn't see much of the ball, but we stopped doing those good things like containing them, then looking for a quick breakthrough like Gibbs White um, into a 1-8 or Johnson on the far side. But we just stopped doing that yesterday. We just There's a couple of times when we got into some really good positions. And Danilo, like I said, uh, I love Danilo for what he's been doing in the last few weeks. But he was guilty of it. There was just a, such an easy ball to play, I think it's to Gibbs White. And he delayed it and delayed it and delayed it. And the Bradford player just intercepted it. Red is where it was going and it was like three players they had a quick break and three players were out of position You're just thinking that's basics just know when to pass the uh, the football I mean yeah it's just things frustrating like that and we get ourselves in some like really good positions but we make the wrong decision time and time again and it's, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot because obviously we get pushed Everybody pushes up, we lose the ball, and everybody's out of position, and they're just chasing shadows. And luckily, um, a couple of times yesterday, Felipe came into mop up, or it was Wall or Aurier. Mm. But yeah, we've got to do a lot better with the football and take because, like I said, we don't see much of the football, especially away from home. But if you don't take care of the football, you're asking for trouble in my eyes. And I mean, that's I don't know is that is that a player thing or is that a Steve Cooper thing? 
I think it, on that, I, really don't I, get I, it. I think on that point, I think it's more of the the, the players. Mm. But then, as the game goes on, yeah, it's just annoying that injuries absolutely upset the rhythm and the um, and the structure of our team. Um, and then we make those substitutions, and another player goes off with yet another injury. We're, we're already finding it hard with eleven. And they're they like punishing the space for the cater because we haven't got that extra man on the field with our ten men because we've made all the substitutions and yeah, it's just a matter of time before they were going to like find that opening and they did the cutting on that far side. Uh, Whistles had the shot and it's gone in and you think all that good work you've done on Wednesday and the good work in the first half yesterday, all that good work in two really crap naive phases of play in a defensive sense is basically thrown away three points and obviously one point because like I says we've just couldn't hang on to keep the point so that leaves us with a very very big game against Southampton uh, coming up next Monday I think it is so we've got yeah. a few days to, to recover hopefully get a few bodies back on, up and working but, uh, yeah, the pressure's really on now. Uh, so, thank you very much, Tom, for, for what you've um, experienced at Brentford. <laughs> uh, thanks to Billy from Be Sotted, and thank you to you for listening. Uh, we'll be back uh, with our, like, um, longer, hour-long sort of discussion pod- podcast coming up very soon, and then we'll be at Southampton next week. So, thank you very much for listening. Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.